0: And as they make their way back to their families, we invite you to stand as you are able, as we honor God, as we listen to God's truth, God's promise, specifically through one of the four Gospels, one of those four accounts of Jesus' life. This is in the beginning of Luke's Gospel, and an incredible thing has just happened. Mary, who is a teenage girl, they think she was probably about 14 years old, she's engaged to a man. And an angel of the Lord comes to her, and he tells her something that defies explanation. He tells her she is going to have a child. And not just any child, but the Savior of the world. And Mary's response is so incredible. Can you imagine It's Someone that in our time would be doing confirmation right now is in middle school. And her response is amazing. Let's hear it. It's called the Magnificat, and it starts with verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. For he has looked with favor upon his servant. Upon the lowliness of his servant. So Mary, she realizes she's been blessed by God, but she also recognizes that she has made mistakes, that she is not perfect. How could God actually come to her and bless her? And as we start to look at Christmas, as we um, come up on this amazing time together, I want to ask you, I think, a significant question, a big one in your life. What is it that maybe you've done against God? Something you've done and maybe done towards someone else that God has blessed you with. What's the biggest thing that you're carrying today? Is it a time you betrayed someone? Is this thing that you have on your heart, is it—is it a time that you lied? Is it a time that you don't want to tell anyone? That you couldn't say to anyone? But it's big. And maybe you've been carrying it for years and years. Something that It's a struggle. I would ask you to share that with someone around you, but it might be too painful. Whatever that thing is, there's hope today when I hear Mary's response. So many people talk about the brokenness, the pain, the things that they've done in their life, and when they can't even admit it, even to their pastor, they tell me, I just hope that God actually will forgive me because I can't forgive myself. They realize how lowly they are, and now I hear Mary's response, this young girl, and she says that God has looked with a favor on her lowliness, and now it starts to transform the way we might be able to look at ourselves and the freedom that God has in store for us through the promised Messiah that Mary actually gave to us. It is incredible. Now, if you've been connected with living waters over the last few weeks, you know, well, we, we teach in sermon series, in themes, and the way we've been doing that over the month of December is Christmas at the movies. So we've been looking at different classics. The old ones, the new ones. The first one was Elf. So we were able to look at, look at that guy, at his contagious joy, because who did he know? Santa, right? And so Buddy the Elf Everything, His words, his actions are all about contagious excitement. And the whole thing that we were looking at was, I know him, I know him. He was so excited. And that's the same contagious joy that we can carry because we know, we know Jesus. And the more amazing part is God has the contagious joy for you. He knows you. And then last week, we were looking at a really fun one, I think. It's one of my faves, Christmas Story. And how Ralphie was putting all his hopes into getting one special gift. It was the Red Rider BB gun with the compass and the stock, of course. And that was going to change everything. And yet maybe what God has in store for us is it's not ever with just a gift, as special as it might be, that God says, I'm the one that's present with you and I want you to be now a gift for others. Now today... There is a really significant one, and this movie is 14 years old. It's based on a children's book, and it is one that I was just able to watch with my kiddos last night. Kayla and I were able to snuggle up with them, and it's The Polar Express. Now, Mary, as she is visited by the angel, I am guessing she had something that we don't like to talk about in the church. First of all, we don't want to talk about our brokenness, our pain. We like to put on a nice facade that we're perfect. We're going to dress the part, and if anyone in church comes in and they have pain, and then most churches say that's that's not what we want because we have our lives fixed now. But what if Mary is bringing us a different truth, a different reality that can actually pave the way for more authentic living and help us to hear what God's gift is for us? This little boy carries, I think, the same thing that we talk about. And here's the, the kicker. So there were 12 disciples that followed Jesus, 12 of them. All of them failed Jesus at the very end. They all ran away. One of them, his rock, Peter, denied him three times. Judas betrays him, but none of them have a nickname except for one. One person that said when Jesus was risen and he had appeared to the rest of the disciples, he said, unless I put my finger in the mark of the nails, I won't believe. Unless I put my hand in his side, I can't believe unless I see it. Who was he? Thomas, no, not just Thomas though, right? What's his name? Doubting Thomas, right? No, I wonder that D word. That is a big one. And I think in churches, especially when we actually give only one disciple, for some reason he's the one with the stigma because he has doubts, because he needs to see it, that maybe we're doing ourselves a disservice by saying we can't have doubts. By saying we have to have everything in order and believe just the right way. Well, the little boy in in the book and the movie, he would also be just like Thomas. He has doubts. He's starting to wonder about this whole thing, this whole is it is it real? This thing about Santa Claus? He's starting to wonder. And he has doubts. Until something happens. and he snuggle up in bed, um, and all at once he hears the roar of a train, a train in his front yard. And as this happens, he comes, he comes running out and let's see what he encountered there. Let's watch that. even with the conductor telling him, this is the Polar Express. He still doesn't quite buy it. But he comes aboard anyway. And he has the adventure of a lifetime. He's able to meet other kids that aren't perfect, that also have things that are going on with them too. And they all go up and they get to see who. Who do they get to meet? They get to meet Santa himself. But what would define this boy is the same thing as would define Thomas. He doubts. He wonders. He questions. Maybe you do too. Maybe you're sitting here today with things going on in your life, big things, not just the thing maybe you're harboring, you know, the one you can't even tell anyone. But maybe you have other things going on and you're wondering is all this real? Or is it just make believe? Maybe you have doubts today. Well, the conductor gives him and all the kids that they pick up one special thing to get them all the way on the Polar Express to meet Santa. What is that thing? What is it? It appears in his pocket. Has anyone seen this movie? Okay, some of the boys. A golden ticket. Yes, there it is. And the conductor, you know what I love about this ticket? Each child, he starts to make letters. Remember that? And he, they're not just a ticket for anyone. Remember, they're non-transferable. <laughs> but he starts to put letters in. I think it's so intriguing. In fact, I think coming to, back to Mary with the angel, the Mar- Mary is receiving She's receiving a golden ticket, and she knows it. So let's look at what this ticket is, though. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. So the Lord has come, the Lord is coming, and now my soul is even making his actions bigger. She responds in this way, and she rejoices in God, her Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, generations will call me... Blessed. Now, let's pause here. Mary is not married yet; she's just engaged. She is pregnant now. Is she going to be blessed? Because in Jesus' time, it was even worse. A- aside from the stigma that happens sometimes in our culture, if someone's not married and gets pregnant, in that time, it was devastating. Would Joseph actually, once he learned, would he say, I'm still going to marry you? Chances were no, that he would say absolutely not. And in that time, if you didn't have a husband, women were the ones that were provided for. It was such a male-dominated society. So not only if Joseph had said, no, I can't do this, Mary might, might have had to go to the streets. She might have had to be a beggar. She might have had to do other unsavory things because of that. And in addition to that, her family, her friends, her neighbors, because of this news, this blessing, they might have ostracized her and said, you are no longer a part of us. And here's the worst part. In those times, in such a situation, women could be stoned to death. So it could mean the ending of her life. Blessed? But Mary doesn't see it that way. Mary, despite maybe having doubts, Mary, despite realizing that this might not go the way I hope for, she implicitly, implicitly trusts God. I think it has everything to do not because she doesn't have doubts, but because her faith is bigger but what is faith faith is hope for the things we can't see now the little boy as he's going through this adventure he actually gets to the top of the train and he meets um what we think is maybe a ghost and the ghost actually talks to him about santa does he really believe this what is this about let's watch this as it continues to unfold Is that what believing is we have to see it right we have to know it just like Thomas we have to put our fingers in the mark of the nails and if we don't see it then it becomes something different and doubts start to rise maybe you're having doubts today and that's why it's so beautiful That the angel still comes to Mary in her doubts, still comes to her with her loneliness, still says, this is an imperfect person, and I am so excited to bless her. And what if God today is so excited to bless you in the middle of any doubts you have? Because the truth is, it has nothing to do with how good we are. The ticket comes from God anyway, and it's non-transferable. It's for you specifically. But what is this ticket about? I've been intrigued by this. So he gives the little boy a ticket. He gives each of the other ones. And those of you who have seen this, the little boy, he is defined by doubts. In fact, we should call him Doubting Little Boy, right? He doesn't even have a name. And then there's the girl that he, that he meets, and she is such a natural leader, but she's not quite, she's not quite doing it the way she hopes, and she kind of doubts herself. And then there's another little boy that's a know-it-all, and he's just telling all these random facts that aren't really true, to tell you the truth, but he keeps going on and on. And there's another little boy that says Christmas does, just doesn't work out for him. All of those As he punches, I'm intrigued because each of them gets one word by the end of this adventure. But for the little boy, the one who has doubts, it doesn't say doubt at all. What does it say? It says says believe is what's punched in there. And the little boy who is a know-it-all, it's not saying, well, you're pompous and arrogant and you're a know-it-all. No, his says learn. And the girl who kind of doubts herself um, and is kind of making mistakes and wondering, hers isn't defined by her mistakes. Hers says, lead. Everyone's is for them, but it shows the very best thing of them as they're growing and learning. That's what God's ticket is for you. And as we see Mary's encounter with the angel and with God himself, we start to realize that God doesn't define Mary by any brokenness or pain or shame that she has. No, God defines her by his love for her. And what I think for you today is if you're feeling broken, if you're grieving, if you're afraid, if you're wondering what's next, this ticket's for you. And our God is waiting to say, I love you. I'm here with you. I'm your Messiah. What a gift. And so now we can have doubts. We have permission. Because what does the conductor tell them about this believing bit? What was it? Seeing is believing right? Well, no, this is what the conductor tells them. Sometimes the most real things in the world are things we can't see. It's like when I snuggle with my kids and I know I can't define it, but my heart is going to explode because I love them that much. Or when I say sorry to Kayla for something that I've done and she says, it's okay. I love you. I choose you. It's something I can't see, but it's there. It's the most real thing of all. You are on the Polar Express. You have a golden ticket. And in the middle of your doubts, your brokenness, your pain, God says, you are mine. You are loved. That can change everything. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for releasing us from our brokenness. Thank you for freeing us from the shame and pain of things we've done to you and to others. Thank you for coming to Mary and for the gift, the miracle that you gave to her and to the world in your son Jesus. And God, thank you for the miracle of her response that she chose to trust even in the midst of maybe doubts. God, help us to do the same. To choose trust over our pain. To choose faith when things just don't seem like they're blessings, help us to know you are there today and forever. And all God's people said,